AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. We love to explain quantum physics and the mysteries of the universe, but the mysteries of finance, not so much. Intuit helps you demystify your finances through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Understanding standard deductions or interest rates can be very complicated and tricky with big potential consequences. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Plus. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Oh, nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. My choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Hey, Daniel, you know, sometimes I'm really amazed about how small we are compared to the entire planet Earth. Like, we're tiny compared to this giant ball of rock we're standing on. It's true. We are really small compared to the Earth. But then, on the other hand, the Earth is tiny compared to, like, the other planets. But even the biggest planet is dwarfed by the size of the sun in our solar system. Yeah, like 99% of the stuff in the solar system is just the sun. And the sun, our sun is not even one of the bigger stars out there. It's like a, a, a mini star, right? Yeah, there are some mongo stars out there. And then, of course, like all the stars together, the galaxy is just enormous compared to like our solar system. Yeah, and as big as the galaxy is, it's really just one little tiny drop in a vast ocean of galaxies. There are billions of galaxies out there. That's right. But the galaxies aren't just an ocean. There's really interesting structures there which get bigger and bigger and bigger. There are things bigger than galaxies? Oh, yeah. The galaxies are just tiny dots in the end. Mm. It's fascinating, actually, because it gets bigger and bigger, and then it stops. And at some point, there isn't anything bigger. Wow. There is actually a biggest thing in the universe. That's right. And it's not my ego. <laughs> I'm Jorge. And I'm Daniel. Welcome to our podcast, Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe. In which we tackle the small and today, the very, very large things in the universe. That's right. Today on the podcast, we're going to ask the question, 
What is the biggest thing in the universe? Universe. That's right. I thought the, this is a pretty fun idea. Like, the universe is big, mm-hmm. but it's mostly empty, right? Like, right. most of the of the the stuff in the universe is just emptiness. It's space, right? If you took an average chunk of the universe, it would mostly be pretty empty. Right. Um, but it's also filled with really big, big things. You know, I love this, this the contrast in the scales between the different stuff in the universe. Right, yeah. And, and it's all about context, right? Like something that you think is big, like, uh, you know, the Empire State Building, it's big, but it's only sort of big in, in a certain context, in a certain um, scale. Exactly. You can always zoom out from wherever you are, and whatever you were amazed at, how big it was, then just becomes a tiny dot. And there's some other new structure. You're like, wow, look at that. Look how big America is. Or look how big you know the world is. Or look how big the solar system is. It's incredible um, how many different scales the universe operates on, right? Right. Because it could have been different, right? It could have been like, the universe is just a bunch of rocks. And each rock is a meter in length. And that's it. And there's no structure and they're not organized. They're just sort of distributed mm. through the universe, right? It could have been like that. Just like a haze of rocks. <laughs> that's right. In which case, you would only be able to say that the biggest thing in the universe is like a one meter rock. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. But the universe seems to like to organize. I mean, I don't want to say like, obviously, in a literal way, because the universe doesn't like or dislike anything. But the universe does tend to organize stuff, right, mm-hmm. into bigger and bigger objects. Right. And whenever it's done organizing something, then it groups those together into objects and groups those together, right? So it's pretty amazing what it's managed to accomplish in only 14 billion years. Yeah. So these structures of the universe keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger forever? Or does it at some point stop? Yeah, so that's what we're going to dig into today. It turns out that there is a biggest thing in the universe. There's a point above which there is no more organization. Everything is just sprinkled evenly through the universe. Wow. So the question is, what is the biggest thing in the universe? That's right. Somebody, Something out there currently reigns supreme as the biggest thing in the universe. Yeah. That's a pretty impressive title, right? That's not one something that uh, you can just pick up any day. It takes billions of years to work up to it. You got to train, <laughs> you got to practice, you know. You got to, you know, an afternoon's endeavor. Yes, right. Lift weights, make stars. <laughs> I was thinking more like eat a lot of pizza, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, this kind of stuff. You got to gather mass here. We're not trying to lose it, right? Mm, the biggest thing in the universe. Yeah. So we were wondering how many people out there uh, knew the answer to this question. What is the biggest thing in the universe? And I think, uh, Daniel, you sort of imagine that most people uh, would say that galaxies are the biggest thing, right? Yeah, I actually started out asking people just what's the biggest thing in the universe because I was thinking about, you know, organizational stuff like groups of things, solar systems, galaxies. But the first answers I got were mostly about like, you know, biggest stars and stuff. So then I started asking a slightly different question, which is like, do you think the galaxies are organized in any way or are they just sort of sprinkled evenly through the universe? Mm. So we got a variety of answers. Yeah, so as usual, you went out there into the streets of UC Irvine or the, the pathways of UC Irvine and you asked people this question. The very beautifully cultivated Orange County campus of UC Irvine, which, by the way, if you haven't visited, really is gorgeous. Full of smart and beautiful people, right? <laughs> That's right. Everybody down here is smart and beautiful. Exactly. <laughs> Here's what people had to say. Um, I think it would be the sun. Okay. I think because it has like the strongest impact on a lot of the different planets. Thanks very much. I know it gets a lot bigger, but I don't know like terms of okay. it. The galaxy. That's the galaxy. As, yeah, that's as far as I know. Okay. It goes. <laughs> no, I don't. No idea. Okay. 
Mm, don't know that. I know it's usually referred to as like planetary neighborhoods, mm-hmm. so that could be groupings of multiple galaxies, but uh, don't know the term for it. Okay, great. It's just like open space, you know, okay. it's like our universe and then a larger, uh, I'm not sure what it's called, but okay. a larger area and then there's more universes, like trillions and, you know, almost an infinite amount of like universes. Okay, great. I'm not sure. All right, it seems most people say uh, the galaxies, right? Someone said the sun was the biggest thing in the universe. Um, you know, they were probably weren't thinking very big, but uh, galaxies, I think most people think about, right? Like there's nothing bigger out there than a galaxy. Yeah, and, you know, I think it's interesting to compare that to sort of historical understandings of what people thought. Remember, like a hundred years ago, people looked out into the sky and they saw stars. And like, okay, there are stars out there, just like there's our star. And they thought for a long time that the universe was just a bunch of stars sprinkled through the universe, mm-hmm. um, that there was no organization to them, right? That that was all there was. Basically, that the universe was one big galaxy. So to them, a, the, a star was the biggest thing in the universe. Yeah, a star, or you could say a solar system, but <clears throat> that's really a small difference. Mm-hmm. So to them, a star was the biggest thing in the universe. And then about 100 years ago, they looked at some of those really faint smears in the sky and discovered that those aren't faraway stars. They're actually faraway galaxies, mm-hmm. right? Whole other clusters of stars. And that was must have been a mind-blowing moment because they realized... One, that stars do form structure, right? They turn into galaxies. And two, that there are other ones, right? And the universe has lots of galaxies in it. Right. That they're not uh, sort of spread out evenly in the universe. They cluster into things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They form these big structures of galaxies. And so now people, most of the folks we talk to, and maybe the people out there listening, probably imagine that the universe is just sprinkled evenly with galaxies, right? That's the next logical assumption. That instead of just stars sprinkled everywhere, it's just galaxies sprinkled everywhere. So I think that's probably what people think. They've heard of galaxies. They haven't heard of anything bigger. So they just assume the universe is evenly sprinkled with galaxies. Right. Well, let's think philosophically here for a second. Is a galaxy a thing? You know, technically it's just made up of stars. What makes something a thing? What makes something a thing? Yeah, I think there must be a lot of uh, philosophers who've debated this, right? What is thingness, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> it's probably a whole, like, um, uh, branch of philosophy about defining objects and all sorts of stuff. And they have uh, seminars and argue about it and smoke banana peels and stuff. Um, but from the physics point of view, I think we can answer that and say that a thing is something that is gravitationally bound. Mm. Something that is essentially held together by gravity. Right. It's something that uh, holds together. I was thinking, like, that's a good definition of a thing. Like, you and I, mm-hmm. we're made up of uh, billions and trillions of uh, molecules and atoms, um, and, and, and they're, they're sort of spread out a lot, right? There's just a lot of space between atoms, right? And nuclei of atoms. Mm-hmm. But uh, generally, we were, it's, they're sort of held together into this thing that, that I call Jorge, and, and for you, the thing that you call Daniel. <laughs> okay, are you talking about us individually or us as a pair? Because that's a different question. I'm definitely a thing. You're a thing. Yeah. Are we a thing? Is that what you're asking? Like, are we? <laughs> Daniel, are you, are are you uh, asking me out? Are you, is this, are you, are you doing this on air? Hey, you, you raised the question, you know, like, <laughs> you, what's a thing? Are we a thing? So here we go. You know, Daniel and Jorge explore their relationship live on the tape. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I like you, Daniel, but uh, I would say that I'm a thing and you're a thing. <laughs> Ouch, man, yeah. that's cold. Yeah. That's just the way the universe operates, though. If you don't have a strong bond, then you're not a thing, right? Well, you know, I think we're just talking philosophically here, right? I think um, 
<laughs> philosophically, we're not Absolutely. a thing. <laughs> no, philosophically or even scientifically, I think a thing is something that holds itself together. And like, is a solar system a thing, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, the solar system is a thing because the Earth doesn't want, have a different path than the sun, right? It goes around the sun. It moves together as a single object. It's bound together gravitationally. Just like maybe an electron, you know, sort of trapped going around a, a nuclei of an atom, together they make a thing, which is an atom. Yeah, exactly. So you could say like the solar system is a thing. And mm-hmm. so a galaxy that's made out of a whole bunch of solar systems, you could also call that a thing because all of those galaxies, yeah. all of those solar systems are being held together. Mm-hmm. And also like you and the earth are a thing, right? Because you're held down to the earth and together you form an object and you know you have the same fate as the earth, gravitationally speaking. Um, you move around the sun together, right? So collectively, we are all a thing with the earth, right? And so, okay. yeah, I think that's a pretty good definition. So when we say things like, uh, when we ask the question, what's the biggest thing in the universe? We're we're kind of asking like, what's the biggest structure or what's the biggest thing that you can say is being held together differently than other things in the universe? That's right. The thing that has thingness that is also the biggest. Okay, so that's a good thing. We got that out of the way. <laughs> Um, I think we've thinked about thinking enough, yes. All right, let's get into the size of things, like the scale of us and the Earth and the solar system. But first, let's take a quick break. Physicists are famously sticklers for detail. And when it comes to the fine print contracts and hidden fees from wireless providers, I've learned that there's always a catch somewhere. So when I heard that the Mint Mobile wireless plans are just $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, where's the catch? But now I'm convinced there isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online, so they cut out the cost of retail stores and they pass all those savings directly to you. So you can say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans, draw-dropping monthly bills, and unexpected overages. All of Mint Mobile's plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. You can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month go to mintmobile.com slash universe that's mintmobile.com slash universe cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash universe additional taxes fees and restrictions apply see Mint Mobile for details how do you feel about eating plastic you went to a restaurant and saw plastic on the menu would you order it well turns out that we're all eating and drinking roughly a credit card's worth of plastic every week yep that's right The products we're using every day are ultimately contaminating our water supply, generating hundreds of microplastics that we end up ingesting. Yuck. Well, what can we do about it? Blue Land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and the planet with the same powerful clean you're used to. It's not complicated. Refillable cleaning products without sacrificing on design. Their products have a beautiful, cohesive style that looks great on your counter. My family got the sampler pack and it already smelled great when we opened the box. Everything works super well, stuff gets really clean and it's all super easy to use. So it's no extra hassle in our lives and we feel great knowing we're generating less plastic waste. Blueland has a special offer for listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash universe. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash universe for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash universe to get 15% off. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, 
you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. The Hyundai Santa Fe becomes available early 2024, so get on it now before all the good camping sites are full. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, we're talking about the bigness of things and how what's the biggest thing in the universe. And um, let's start let's start talking about the size of things. Let's start here on Earth. Like, how big is Earth, Daniel? No, how big are you, Jorge? How big? I'm a I'm a big. <laughs> you mean like like my my largeness or my large largeness? <laughs> like, am I? A, <laughs> <laughs> no, for scale, you know, like um, how many uh, kilometers tall are you, Jorge? Oh, how many kilometers? Oh boy, I am about. Uh, Folks, you're hearing him do math. 0.0018 kilometers tall. <laughs> All right. That's not a lot of kilometers. I mean, you're, an, you're a tall guy, it turns out, but that's actually not a lot of kilometers, right? And in comparison, like the Earth, right, mm-hmm. is thousands of kilometers in width. Mm, it's about 8,000 miles in diameter. Yeah, that's right which would make it about, you know, like 14,000 kilometers in diameter. Mm-hmm. So compared to the Earth, you're just like a moat. You're like irrelevant. You're just like negligible, right? right. Which yeah. is incredible, right? right? We're like a little speck of dust next to, uh, next to the Earth. Which makes me wonder sometimes, like, what's the minimum size for a planet that could hold life? Right? Mm. Is it necessary? Because you know that book, The Little Prince, right. where the guy is this little guy and he's like on a tiny asteroid. Yeah. And I love that because I, I think it'd be really fun to be alive on a really small astronomical object where you could like run laps around it or something. <laughs> right? Wouldn't you float off at some point if you were that much bigger than yeah, your planet? Exactly. It's the, you need enough gravity, not just for you to stay bound to it, but also to like have an atmosphere. Mm. If you're not, if your planet isn't big enough, it can't hold on to gas on its surface, so you can't breathe. So there really is some sort of minimum size for a planet. Like Mars is probably too small, mm. and you know it lost its atmosphere for, for life as um, we know it. I mean, there could potentially be something out there that can live without it. An atmosphere, right? Yeah, right. You can have an asteroid which is alive inside of it, like the organization of the flows of lava or you know hot rock inside some some object could be alive, certainly. But yeah, life as we know it, you know, that lives and breathes and uses water, liquid water, and stuff like that. Probably none of those things evolved on a planet that were much smaller than Earth. So the Earth is pretty big. Uh, so then what's the next biggest thing in our solar system? Well, if you want to scale up to planets, Jupiter is about 10 times the radius of the Earth, right? Which is huge. And you might think only 10 times, but remember that volume goes as radius cubed, right? So if you're 10 times the, the radius, then you're, you know, a thousand times the volume, which means you could fit a thousand Earths inside Jupiter, a thousand which Earths. makes Earth like tiny, we're one one thousandth of the size of Jupiter. Yeah, we're like a rounding error for Jupiter, right? <laughs> it's really it's, it's incredible how small we are compared to Jupiter. Like we make a good moon to Jupiter. <laughs> exactly. I should look that up, but there might even be moons of Jupiter that are comparable to the size of Earth. Oh, yeah. wow. It's amazing. So this is where I did some math. So um, 
Uh, I calculated that the size of the Earth is, as you said, about um, four kilometers in radius. You just said it's four kilometers in radius. Oh, sorry, 4,000 sure miles. You didn't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> What's the factor of 1,000 between friends? Like, my error. Watch out, people. Jorge's doing math. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Don't trust a cartoonist to do math. 4,000 miles, sorry. 4,000 miles. Uh, so, but, so, but if the Earth was the size of a pinhead, like it was the size of the pin, the head in, in a pin, uh-huh. uh, that means uh-huh. Jupiter would be about the size of a marble. Wow. So if Earth really was a speck, Jupiter would still be pretty substantial. Yeah. Yeah. And by that scale, uh, the sun, which is about 430,000 miles in radius, would be about the size of a cantaloupe. Wow. I think it's really pretty interesting that the Earth is one-tenth the radius of Jupiter, which is one-tenth the radius of the sun, right? right? It's like powers of 10 right all here in our solar system, each one dwarfing the next, you know, like that we are the size <clears throat> that the Earth to Jupiter ratio is about the same as the Jupiter to Sun ratio, right? right? The Sun dwarfs Jupiter exactly the way Jupiter dwarfs us. Yeah. Like if Jupiter was a bully pushing us around the uh, the playground and then the Sun just sort of like trots up like, hey, pick on someone your own size, you know? <laughs> yeah, like you could fit a, a thousand Earth inside of Jupiter and you could fit a thousand Jupiters inside the Sun. Yeah, when you do some math, that means you could fit a million Earths inside the Sun, yeah. right? yeah. Like we could plunge into the sun and it wouldn't even notice. <laughs> It'd be like a little, right? like a mosquito bite. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like a millionth of you, let's like, you know, every time you blow your nose, you lose a millionth of your mass, right? Yeah. So we're like, we're like a little bit of snot compared to the sun. Right, yeah. Okay, so then if we, if we keep going, if the earth is a pinhead and Jupiter is a marble and the sun is a cantaloupe, mm-hmm. okay, so the right scale would be uh, if you if you hold the pinhead in your hand, uh, the sun would be, which is a cantaloupe, would, you would have to put it about 100 feet away. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because not only are these is the sun really big, but it's really far away. Right, yeah. Like imagine like holding a pinhead, then walking 100 feet and sending down a cantaloupe, that's how far the sun is. Yeah, all these things, these, we th- these things we think are huge are dwarfed by just the sheer emptiness of space, mm-hmm. right? Like take the earth to sun relationship like most of that volume is just nothing right yeah it's incredible and it kind of shows you how powerful gravity is at those scales right like we go around the sun that's our life that's how we exist that's what makes uh, our existence possible and yet it's like it's a pendant revolving around a cantaloupe 100 feet away <laughs> that's right well we're glad we're not any closer right or we'd be a pretty toasty pinhead. <laughs> pinhead, yeah. Um, yeah exactly yeah um, and then all of this, of course, is just dwarfed by the galaxy, right. right? If you look at the galaxy, you can't even find the sun, right? It's just a tiny yeah. dot. How, how big is the Milky Way, Daniel? The Milky Way is hard to even describe in these units, right? We've been talking about miles, and the Earth is thousands of miles, and the sun's radius is hundreds of thousands of miles, right? The Milky Way is 50,000 light years across, right? It takes light 50,000 years to cross the Milky Way. Yeah. If you convert that to miles, it's three times 10 to the 17 miles. So three and then 17, 17 zeros, zeros, right? I actually looked up the scientific prefix for that because uh-huh. I don't even know. And the Milky Way is one third of an examile. An examile. Examile. Oh, Isn't that pretty that cool? That sounds like a medical condition. Oh, I have examile. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry to hear that. You should get that cream they have for it. <laughs> so 
So I did the math on this one too. Okay, so if the Earth okay. is a pinhead and the Sun is a cantaloupe mm-hmm. 100 feet away, the galaxy is the size of our solar system. Whoa. I thought you were going to say like a blue whale or like some other like really delicious food or something, but the solar system, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah. It's about, yeah, it would be about 1.18 times 10 to the 11 meters. Wow. Yeah, that's how big the galaxy is. So imagine like a, a pinhead and a cantaloupe in our solar system, that's how big the galaxy is. And we are like a tiny uh, thing on that pinhead. Yeah, so as we were saying, it just gets dwarfed, right? And uh, some of you guys out there might be wondering, like, well, are these things typical? Like, are the planets in our solar system typically the size you find in planets? Or is our sun normal? Is the Milky Way like an average kind of a, a galaxy? Um, so we did a big dig- bit of digging there. And... Um, it turns out that the the biggest planet that they found in any solar system anywhere is about 10 times the size of Jupiter, right? So what? Like, there's a planet out there that's huge. That's almost the size of the sun. Almost the size of the sun, yeah. Wow. Um, so that's like a big planet. That's like a planet that's almost a sun in and of itself, right? It, it's like literally a million times bigger than the Earth pos- around in, in that order of magnitude. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. That is a big honking planet. And uh, stars also get really big. Um, And stars change also in size in their lifetime, right? Like uh, our sun is going to get bigger as it gets older. Mm -hmm. It's going to burn and then the outer layers are going to get cooler and they're going to expand. And we did a whole episode on how the sun is going to die. But there are stars out there right now that are like a thousand or two thousand times as big as our sun. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's huge. If you had that in our solar system, it would like envelop Saturn, you know, like... There'd be no room for pl- for plant inner planets at all. It'd be pretty crazy. So we would be inside the sun. Yeah, exactly. We'd be inside the sun, oh, and we will be in a few billion years. Our sun will also get huge and envelop the Earth. Right? Oh, great! Stock up on that uh, <laughs> sunblock and or rockets to other planets, galaxies. Yeah. Um, but there's one other thing that, that galaxies are not just stars with planets around them. Right? There's mm-hmm. other stuff. And uh, there's the stuff that makes the stars, right? There's these huge clouds of gas and dust, which are like the leftovers from blown up solar systems and blown up stars that eventually coalesce to make these stellar nurseries where new stars are formed. And those things are really big. Mm. How big are they? They can be like 1,000 to 2,000 light years across, right? So that's much, much bigger than any individual star. I mean, this is where stars are born, right? There's like fields of stars being created in these things. But still, they're small compared to the Milky Way, right? right? The Milky Way was like 53,000 light years across. The the biggest nebula or gas cloud we've seen is like 2,000 light years across. So, so far, the galaxy is the biggest thing. No, but it's interesting to think that there are uh, objects kind of in the scale of things between our sun and the Milky Way galaxy. I mean, there's bigger stars, bigger planets, and these um, clouds of gas that you meet, that you talked about. Yeah, and the, the wonderful thing about these clouds is that they look like something that's dynamic but is frozen in time, right? It's like, you know, if you see a picture of a steam engine and there's these puffs of clouds coming up from it, right? It's frozen in time, but you can tell that there's motion there, right? Mm. That it's like in the middle of chugging and puffing and and boiling and and churning, right? right? These clouds look the same way. And they are boiling and churning, but just on very different time scales. You'd have to do like a crazy time lapse, like watch it for a billion years to see it roiling and toiling and bubbling and all yeah. that stuff. But it is. It's just that on our time scales, it hardly seems to be moving. Yeah, in our, and, and in that distance scale, because it's, it's a thousand light years across. 
Yeah, exactly. So it's it, it really makes you feel insignificant, and it's really impressive, like how dynamic this the the universe is. It's just on on huge distance scales and huge time scales, right? It's like if there was a whole civilization that was birthed and then died in the middle of one puff of that steam engine, wow. right? And it for it the the steam cloud was frozen, right? It was hardly moving. You know, um, and so that's the way we are. We're this tiny dot suspended in a sunbeam, around, surrounded by all this crazy, very slow action. Wow! Yeah, and there are stars being born inside of that, like popcorn, like pop. pop yeah, pop. exactly. Yeah, exactly. New stars still being born. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, let's um, let's keep going and see what the biggest thing in the universe is. But first, let's take another break. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. The Hyundai Santa Fe becomes available early 2024, so get on it now before all the good camping sites are full. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. All right, we're, we're building our way up to the biggest thing in the universe. And so far, we've uh, we've gone from the Earth to the solar system to gas clouds to the Milky Way galaxy. Mm-hmm. And so, a lot of our uh, the people you talked to on the street thought that galaxies were the biggest things in the universe, but that's not actually true. That's right, and they're pretty big, right? And our galaxy is, we said, fifty thousand light years across. Mm-hmm. And some galaxies get pretty big; they get up to like millions of light years across. Millions. Right? Millions. Galaxies can come all different sizes. Yeah, it would take you millions of years going at the speed of light just to go from one side of that galaxy to the next. Yeah. So if you like forgot your lunch at home <laughs> and you work on the other side of the galaxy, like forget it, man. <laughs> That's a ten million um, a year round trip. Forget it. 
That's right. The commute is terrible. <laughs> I am not. And that's, you know, and that's when there's no traffic. When there's traffic, forget about oh, it. Oh, man. Yeah. 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 Um, but so a lot of people thought that galaxies are just sprinkled everywhere through the universe. But, uh-huh. you know, galaxies have been around for a while. And so right. what's going to happen when you have stuff hanging out for a while is that gravity is going to start to pull it together, right? Uh-huh. It's not sm- perfectly smooth. There's slight differences and there's a little bit more mass here, a little bit more mass there. And so over billions of years, galaxies will start to pull stuff together. And that's exactly what happened. They started to kind of self-organize. Yeah, or as you would say, form a thing, right? And so the next level up from galaxies is that we found that galaxies are organized into these things we not very cleverly called clusters, right? So galaxy clusters. Like nut clusters, like... uh... Yeah, I think um, I think again you should have had a snack before we had this uh, before we recorded this episode. I had my banana. Come a on. galaxy, <laughs> a galaxy cluster usually contains about fifty galaxies, mm. and it's like five or ten million light years across. Wow! And again, remember, a galaxy itself is like you know fifty or a hundred thousand light years across. So this is much bigger than one galaxy. Right. Has fifty galaxies, which are themselves pretty far apart right. but they are organized right yeah they're not just like it's not an arbitrary assignment they're they're orbiting each other it's like a, a, a separate group of galaxies that's mm-hmm. interacting and kind of holding together separate from other groups of galaxies that's right they're all orbiting the center of mass of this cluster right the same way everything in the solar system is organized is orbiting the center of mass of the solar system which happens to be the sun mm. and everything in the galaxy is orbiting the center of the galaxy everything in this cluster of galaxies is orbiting the center which doesn't necessarily have anything in it at this point right wow so that's a that's the next biggest thing or is is a cluster of galaxies it's like a structure yeah. it's like a like if you zoom out far enough, it would look like a thing. It would look like a... Yeah, exactly. Like a blob. Exactly. And they're separated from other clusters, right? The distances between things in the cluster is small compared to the distances between the clusters. The same oh. way the distances between the planets is small compared to the distances between solar systems, right? Mm. It's like chocolate chips floating in a in cookie dough. <laughs> tasty. Yeah, this is a tasty galaxy we're living in. Um, and then uh, you keep going and the clusters themselves are organized into basically clusters of clusters. Okay, so the cluster is not the biggest thing in it. So, okay, so if galaxies no. had been sprinkled out evenly, you would say galaxies are the biggest thing in the universe, but they're not. They're organized mm-hmm. into clusters. And if those clusters have been spread out evenly, you would say that the cluster is the biggest thing in the universe, but there, there's another structure above clusters. That's right. And, you know, this is just things that people discovered as they looked out into the universe and they did sort of the 3D mapping, right? They're trying to understand, like, where is stuff around us and how is it organized? And as we get better and better at measuring distance scales and better telescopes, we can see further out, we can build this sort of 3D map around us. And then we notice these these patterns. We notice that things aren't just distributed. And so the clusters themselves are organized into clusters of clusters, which we call superclusters. Mm. And I feel like these objects got like kind of a bad rap, you know, because cluster is not a very creative name. I mean, the, the galaxy is not just called like a star cluster, right? Uh-huh. It's got its own cool name, galaxy, galaxy yeah. right? But nobody named nobody named the you know cluster of galaxies other than cluster of galaxies. Yeah. And and somebody named. It's superior, a supercluster, which means the cluster is like not super. It's like saying 
This is Daniel, and this is Super <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> Imagine how poor Daniel. Are you feels. saying I'm not super? I think you're saying I'm not super. I'm getting a lot of rejection here. No, I'm on saying, I'm podcast, saying you're the Super man. Daniel, Daniel. <laughs> There's another <laughs> Daniel. I gotta go find the Sub Daniel the and make him feel Daniel, small. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Under Daniel. <laughs> what I need really is a cluster of Daniels. You know that would be pretty awesome. <laughs> What is the biggest Daniel in the universe? That's really the question <laughs> of today's podcast. <laughs> uh, well, let's come up with a name. Let's uh, let's you and I christen clusters of galaxies. Let's do it. Okay. Well, you you're the creative one. Go ahead. Um, I, I don't know. Um, a, a banana of galaxies. <laughs> Banaxis. Banaxis. It's a Banaxis of galaxies. That's Banaxis of galaxies. Yeah. That that really rolls off the tongue. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> In some alt, multi, alt, some alternate version of the multiverse, you were definitely yeah. a poet. Well, I'm I, I'm technically the first person, and uh, if there are any scientists out there, you you technically have to quote me now when you refer to these. <laughs> you should um, you shouldn't just reach for the snack that's on your table, but you should go deeper. You should think about like mm. you know Greek mythology or some sort of a you know historical event mm. or something to I, motivate I, you like I think they had bananas in Greece come on how about the union let's give it a political name right? let's call them the union of galaxies <laughs> the union of concerned right? galaxies because they're organized <laughs> <laughs> there you go there you go stand together speak as one yeah. orbit together yes we can so the galaxies form clusters and the clusters form super clusters what does that mean? So, like, um, well, the same way that um, you know, stars organize into a galaxy and galaxies organize into a cluster. Galaxy clusters themselves. You just think of each of those as like a little dot. Mm-hmm. Then about you know a hundred of those together, which spans about a hundred million light years across, form what we call a supercluster. Oh my God! It's giving me a headache to think about these scales. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so this is a, a cluster of clusters of galaxies which have billions of stars and each star has planets and each planet has little, might have little people like us. Mm -hmm, Exactly. Um, And so these superclusters, I mean, they're enormous. It's hard to even really think about these distances, you know, a hundred million light years. You mean super binaxes. (laughs) Super unions, yeah, exactly. And so that's pretty incredible. And and people figured that out. They thought, wow, that's pretty big stuff, you know. So you said they're a hundred million light years across. Yeah, they're a hundred million light years across. Um, And so then people started to look to see like, well, are those organized in some way? Are those the biggest things in the universe? Yeah, are those the biggest thing in the universe? And so that's when people, that's when the real shock arrived. Because they started, it started to sort of look like they were just sprinkled evenly. Mm. But then they noticed that in one direction it went on, superclusters just sort of went on for a long way. And another direction, they stopped. And, you know, they're sort of building this 3D, 3D picture around us. And it turned out that we were in sort of a thick sheet. Like, there's like a great wall of superclusters as far as we can see. Like, wow. we are one supercluster sprinkled with a bunch of other superclusters. But it's not as thick as it is wide. Oh. It's organized into like a sheet, like a table. Yeah, like a sheet. And then people started to look like, well, what's in that spot where, where the superclusters run out, right? So they built the map further and further and further. And then they discovered, oh, it's not a sheet of superclusters. It's more like a bubble, right? What? And so the superclusters are organized into these like massive bubbles that surround these huge voids in which there's nothing. 
Whoa, right? whoa, whoa. So, so like yeah. the, um, super clusters of clusters of galaxies uh, form a bubble. Like they're on the surface of a bubble. Yeah. And, you know, it's not like very regular bubbles. It's more like there are these filaments and sheets and empty spaces. They're not like the bubbles are spherical or anything. Mm. But there's, it's like um, if you zoom out far enough, it's like a froth, right? It's like, and and each, um, it's like a froth of these little bubbles. And each bubble, the surface of that bubble, like the thin skin of that bubble, is thousands and thousands of super clusters of galaxies. Oh, my God. It's pretty crazy. And so we live on the, on the edge of some little bubble. And in that void, I mean, those voids are billions of light years across with nothing in them. Nothing. Wow. Nothing. I mean, no empty space, which of course is never really empty. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe like one rock got kicked out of a cluster one day and, and wandered into those the voids, but essentially nothing. Wow. And those um, bubbles are about billions of light years across. They're billions of light years across, exactly. Wow. And that's pretty incredible. And then, you know, that's it. Wait, so that's that's the biggest thing in the universe, the, the bubble of yeah. superclusters of clusters of galaxies, of stars, of planets, of people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And if you zoom out far enough, as far as we know, then it just looks smooth. There's no more organization. Uh, it's just more bubbles. Yeah, the bubbles are just sprinkled evenly. It's not like they're, the bubbles form circles or form sheets or form groups or anything like that. They, we think that they are just organized. Um, they're just sprinkled there. Hmm. The universe is frothy. Yeah, and it really is frothy. And the thing I like thinking about the most is where that froth came from, right? Like, And it's really it's connected to the first few moments of the universe, uh, for those of you who remember like talking about the Big Bang and the cosmic microwave background, we've looked back in time also, mm-hmm. and we've seen the early few, few moments of the universe, and what we see there are is froth, right? It's like quantum randomness, mm-hmm. which generated the initial seeds for all the structure of the universe. That's this structure we're talking about. So little random fluctuations in the early universe led directly to these huge structures that we're seeing now. Wow. Why do we have a bubble here and not there? Because of some random quantum particle um, fluctuation 14 billion years ago. At the Big Bang, in a space, in a really small space. Yeah, exactly. And then it got stretched out by inflation and became the seed of structure in the universe. And that's the structure we're talking about. Wow. So that these bubbles sort of, you might say, kind of came first, right? Like the universe, the biggest thing in the universe was has always been a bubble. <laughs> well, you know, they were there were those sort of quantum froth. And I don't know if you could really call those bubbles. They're just like areas where there's more density and less density. Yeah. But I just want to make the connection and have people understand that, that the structure that we see in the universe today was determined in some sense by that quantum froth that happened in the, in the early universe. Well, it just scaled up and scaled up and scaled up. And that's what gives us the biggest things in the universe. Yeah, exactly. Super Ben Axe's bubbles. <laughs> exactly. And the fascinating thing is thinking about why there isn't any bigger structure. Like, mm. why don't those bubbles form structure? I said earlier, like, anytime you got stuff hanging out, gravity is going to start to organize you, right? right? And that's true, but it also it takes a while. Gravity is not very strong, remember. It's the weakest force by orders of magnitude. And so even though it's the dominant thing in the universe um, on these scales and these timelines, it's not very powerful. So it takes a long time. It takes billions of years to form this structure. But wait, do we know for sure that these bubbles and this froth of super duper clusters, that's 
that's it. That's the biggest thing in the universe. We're pretty sure there's nothing bigger. We're pretty sure. We know nothing for sure, but we've been building this map, uh, this 3D map of the universe, and that's all we see. Yeah. Mm. And it could be that we haven't, you know, just seen far enough, but we've seen pretty far, and it just looks like these bubbles and filaments and strands and sheets, you know, it's these superclusters uh, form these surfaces, but that's about it. You know, there's no organization to those bubbles or sheets as far as we know. Oh. And I think the reason is that there just hasn't been enough time, right? Mm. The universe is old, and it's, but it's done a lot in those 14 billion years. I mean, that's a lot of galaxies to make and a lot of superclusters to organize mm-hmm. and a lot of bubbles and filaments, right? A lot of bananas but to make. A lot of bananas, yeah. And, you know, earlier in the universe, there was less structure, right? Um, and so these structures have formed gradually over time. You know, in the first billion years after the Big Bang, we didn't have any galaxies, right? Right. And so it takes a while for these structures to form. So it might be that you wait another 50 billion years and then you make something else. Something new is crowned as the biggest thing in the universe. Uh, and then we call on you, Jorge, to give it a silly name after some fruit you like. A bigger one. Bigger Jorge. <laughs> a bigger fruit. Yeah, exactly. You mean like in the future, billions of years from now, maybe these bubbles will form into uh, something like a, a mega bubble or a giant smiley face. Who knows? It might be. On the other hand... We've also talked a few times about dark energy. That's this mysterious force that's pushing everything apart, right? That's Mm. creating new space between galaxies. So that's making that actually harder to make new structure because it's spreading everything out. It's ripping everything apart. Exactly. It's ripping everything apart. So it might just be that we are living in the moment when we will have the biggest structures ever in the universe. That this is like a tipping point and that after this, things just get shredded and this is like the biggest we ever got. Like in the, in the future, everything will just be spread out evenly with no discernible structure. Yeah, it could be, right? Wow. And that's always weird when you come to the realization that you're living in a special moment. It makes you skeptical. You're like, well, that's sort of, I mean, how could that be? We'd just be lucky. Seems like a coincidence. Yeah, exactly. Seems like a coincidence. And in science, we don't like coincidences. I mean, they happen. But every time there's a coincidence, it's an opportunity to ask why and to maybe get a revealing answer. So... You know, there's a lot of speculation and a lot we don't know. It's like every generation thinks that they live in the, the peak of their culture. Every generation thinks they have the best music ever. Yeah, right? exactly. It's just down, just it's downhill, downhill from there. Yeah, the kids today, man, they don't know what good music is. <laughs> that's kind of what you're saying. Kids today, it? they don't know what a supercluster is. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of what you're saying. Is that we? You're saying we live in peak universal structure. Like things are just kind of might be just downhill from here and this is the most structure we'll see ever. Like these big things in the universe might at some point kind of uh, get ripped apart and dissolve. Yeah, and I want to emphasize again, this is a lot of this is speculation because we don't know what the future of dark energy is, right? And there could be other things we don't know about how the universe is organized. We're still really babies when it comes to understanding this stuff. Mm-hmm. But that certainly could be. We don't see any bigger structure and we have reason to think that dark energy is going to, that dark energy really could prevent more structure from being formed. It could even shred the structures we have. So yeah, we could be living at peak structure, right? Wow. So be glad that you were alive right now when you could look out into the stars and see the biggest thing in the universe. Yeah. Well, that's the answer to the question we set out to uh, talk about, which is the what is the biggest thing in the universe? And right now, the biggest thing in the universe are these bubbles of superclusters of galaxies. Yeah, and it also might be the biggest thing ever in the universe. In the infinity of time, they might be the biggest thing ever. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. In the history of the universe. In this infinitely long podcast. <laughs>
All right. So I think we answered the question. Yeah. Um, I hope we took you on a fun mental trip from mind-blowingly small to mind-blowingly huge and made you realize where you are in our cosmic neighborhood. We hope you had a very large time thinking about these huge scales. <laughs> and Jorge's over there doing some math to figure out how what fruit associates with the cluster of super clusters. <laughs> how big would that banana have to be to fit inside of a... If you bubble. added up all the bananas you've eaten over your life, how big would that banana be, Jorge? <laughs> it would be a, a galaxy of potassium, probably. <laughs> probably. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to this biggest podcast ever. See you next time. If you still have a question after listening to all these explanations, please drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Daniel and Jorge, that's one word, or email us at feedback at danielandjorge.com. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. You deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.